Comics in the combat zone Comics in the combat zone Usually we make you laugh But now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes Hey there everybody and welcome back to Comics in the Combat Zone I'm Jordan Ducharme And I'm Ben Stat. And uh, quick off the top, I hate to do some banter But just uh, the reason we haven't been on for a couple weeks Is my laptop sadly died much like an old pet, you know, when it's you know it's on the way out for a while, but you don't want to, you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, we are we're recording in Ben Stead's house, and I've got a dog, so, and it's old, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't talking about your dog. It's no, no, it's very full of life, actually. Yeah, she's doing all right. She's doing all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is too much banter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's delete this. But we are we are sorry we've missed a few episodes, but we are back to talk CZW climbing the ladder, February twelfth, year two thousand. From Blackwood, New Jersey, filmed in what I'm, I got can only describe as a high school gym with mostly empty bleachers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not ideal. Um, I don't know how much of this stuff that they're doing is legal when it takes place in like a school property, but absolutely. And I also don't know, like the the crowd they've drawn is probably so empty compared to like the local high school football team when they play in this gym. A hundred percent. Yeah, more people have accidentally shown up for a football game than they have actually shown up to see CCW. I think. Well, and that that's never more clear than I. I think for this podcast, this might be the most hostile crowd we've ever seen. Because from right off the bat, they're just insulting people. And well, let's just get right into it. So it's also one of the worst editing jobs we've seen on a CCW show. There's constant fades in, fades out. Usually we'll begin with the ring announcer sort of bringing out the first matches. This show just begins with the bell ringing. And we have to quickly put together that we're watching Lord Everett DeVore and Nick Burke have a match. Which isn't yeah. a match I wanted to see anyway. <laughs> no, it's very weird. And, like, I mean, I'm glad you put it together. Because I, when it first opened, I was like, who are these guys? I mean, that's the thing about not having announcers or, <laughs> or, or like, title cards or whatever. Or production. Just, yeah, it's just... Or anything. Yeah, because you're just like, who are these guys wrestling? And why are people shouting, you've got tits at them? Oh, dude. So, Lord Everett DeVore, we've talked about it. He's a chunky guy. You know, I wouldn't say... He's not, like, one of these morbidly obese wrestlers where it's like, how's this guy bumping? He's so big. But he clearly loves his beer, loves his steaks. He does have a bit of a tit situation going on. <laughs> but the fans just relentlessly yeah. going after him saying, you've got titties, you've got... You fat fuck... They start chanting D-cups at him during the match. I was like, Jesus Christ. We're in a high school, so I guess the bullying is par for the course. But yeah. holy fuck. Like, they're not... I, they're not even that big. Like he's got, <laughs> he's got, he's got like a bit of gyno. He's got a bit of gyno muscle going on. But apart from that, I don't. I think people in the crowd probably have bigger breasts than him. Mm-hmm. I thought Nick Burke was doing all right because he's not like in super svelte shape, but he looked like an Adonis compared to Lord Everett DeVore. And, yeah. And so these guys have about as boring a match as you would have expected from them. You know, like they, they try to go fast paced, but they can't really. At one point, Nick Burke does this like failure of a cartwheel into a spin kick that hits. Devore and like the thigh. Yeah, it's not it's not a fun match to watch. It's not a great opening match either. Well, it just continues a CZW streak of they don't open with the hot match. They open with maybe the worst match of the night, and then there's nowhere to go from here but up. I guess you'd think, but we've certainly been proven wrong about that. I think in previous <laughs> episodes. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty glad it's over quite quickly. Whether that's thanks to the poor editing or it's just a boring match. Yeah, so DeVore ends up just rolling the guy up in 4 minutes, 10 seconds. A really nothing match. And again, like I'm saying, there's no cuts. Like, we're used to hard camera cuts. In this one, it was like a fade to black, and then we'd fade back in. But it wasn't a new match. It was like, 
now Nick Burke is cutting a promo as opposed to like wrestling yeah. a match. And then he calls out, hey, you know, you in the back, you know who I'm talking about. And then we fade in and Trent Acid is just in the ring for some reason. Yeah, it's very like someone trying to mimic George Lucas. Lots of fades, lots of like Star Wars, like very odd editing. Um, I don't understand the guy who wanted, I guess, auteur theory when it comes to CZW. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get we get Trent Acid. He's in his shiny pants, which I always respect. Dude, boy, ba- full boy band attire. He's got like long blonde hair and he's wearing like a silvery mesh, like <laughs> where if the light hits you right, right, it would blind you sort of shirt. Yeah, he's not afraid to show off his titties. <laughs> yeah, and then for some reason, Nick Burke calls out this other guy named Ty Street. Now, we've never seen this guy. I can only describe him as like a miniature Big Papa Pump. Like, he, he's got the bleach blonde hair, he's got the black goatee, and he's on steroids pretty clearly. Yeah, he's, um, he's like, for Americans, he looks a bit like Guy Ferrari, and for English people, he looks a bit like Paul Hollywood. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's pretty cool. I, I like it. Um, I like his look. Well, it's weird. It's, I didn't know what to think of this guy. Usually when they do random debuts, it's someone who sucks. But that he's he's pretty good right away. And then, as we've talked before, Trent Acid's like in the higher end of this company. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so this match actually starts pretty good. And I'm like, okay, maybe this, is, maybe this is something here, you know? Yeah, he's jacked as well, which is, you know, it's not always a guarantee in CZW that someone's going to be in shape. Well, not and, even good shape, just in a shape. And uh, as I say that this match isn't going bad, I have written here the fans just start chanting, you both suck at these guys. This yeah. Like, they're I not mean, willing to give it up for anyone. We know Trent Acid, people don't like him because he's hot. Um, but I guess with Ty Street, they just immediately don't like his hair or something. I don't know, it's odd. Yeah, Trent Acid gets the full homophobic jock hate because the girls like his long hair. Like, that's yeah, all it boils down to. Yeah. And they like when he pulls his ass out. Uh, but so we get this match. The only thing the fans are into are when they chop each other. They all love doing the Ric Flair woo. Uh, even even that maintains in ninety or two thousand CZW. Uh, but then the the match starts moving fast. Trent's countering in the corner. He hits a nice missile drop kick. Goes for a Hurricane Rana, but Ty just counters with this really high impact sit out power bomb that looked really good. At one point, Nick Burke tries to run in the ring, and Trent Acid just throws him over the top rope, like, no big deal. Yeah. And then he does his basic, like, kid into the pool dive on top of both of them. Uh, it, and it was, it's weird. At, at one point, Ty goes in the, mat, in the ring, he goes to suplex Trent and almost loses him. But it's almost like he was going for a stall suplex. Like, it looked more impressive that he got him back up, sort of like Claudio will do. Yeah. And the fans just start chanting, you fucked up, Adam, even though I'm pretty sure he did it on purpose. Yeah, they don't know anything about wrestling. (laughs) At all. Like, I think, I mean, this is before internet forums, this is before Squared Circle, where, like, everyone is an armchair wrestling expert. So, like, these, the people watching it are just like, well, I get, he didn't. Put, drop him on his head so he must have messed up <laughs> yeah exactly well and then so the match is sort of just falling apart here and Trent Acid is teasing the moonsault like he's gonna pull his ass out but <laughs> again because I think it's because they're in a high school gym and that's like technically elite it's like the guys who get on sex registries when they piss outside of a high school yeah 100% it's a federal crime <laughs> pulling your ass out in a school there's no there's no judge the context is it was like no you got your ass out in a school there were kids in the, in yeah, the building yeah yeah, this yeah, this was during a school day. This was the cheapest time slot for CZW to get. So at least they had the foresight to realize not to do that. But uh, then Nick Burke interrupts the moonsault, like he's gonna sort of get involved. So White Lotus comes in, hits Nick Burke with a chair, and for some reason this leads to Trent Acid getting DQ'd because his partner hit Ty's partner with a chair. 
in, That's the, fair. in the ring. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That, that, and the crowd are like, yeah, that, those are the rules. I, yeah. I respect that. You know, this, 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 this makes sense. It, it didn't make sense. But it ends at 7.56 with Ty Street winning by DQ. So I guess he won his debut. I never thought of it that way. Uh, and then Lotus hands Trent Acid the chair. And just by that setup of the sentence, you know where this is going. Yeah. We get the most Vince Russoist fucking swerve where Trent Acid, for no reason, hits his own partner, Dwight Lotus, in the head with the chair. Then him and Ty and Nick Burke, who have just been feuding this whole show so far, do a triple beatdown and announce that they're forming a new faction called the Soft Core, which I do, I guess makes Nick Burke the leader. I, I hated this. Like, Nick Burke's got, like, school counselor energy, and Trent Az <laughs> is meant to be, like, the badass smoking cigarettes behind the bleachers. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's... It's, like, the oddest pairing. Yeah, like, Trent Acid gives the vibe of in a horror film, there's one kid who's just like, yeah, let's let's summon the demon, dude. Like, what's the word? Like, bro, let's go. Like, what are you, scared? Yeah, what's, um, that? what's the Stranger Things group? He's, like, oh, the leader yeah. of the Hellfire Club or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, like, it is odd, the betrayals, because there's no story building. There's no nothing. Like, with a good betrayal, you know it's coming even before it happens, but with this, we know it's coming because that's what CZW does. There's no setup. It's just, like, one minute they're battering each other, and then they're, like... Yeah, we're best friends. Like, and I, yeah, I liked it, the white Lotus Trent Acid pairing. I'm like, they're both good wrestlers. I thought they were gonna like make a tag team of it, and then it's like, before it even gets started, now we've got this shit fucking faction to deal with. And it really doesn't make any sense because they just they hate each other in that match. They are <laughs> relentlessly like mocking each other, and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, we are friends. Yeah. Uh, so then we get a fade out, fade back in. Dewey Donovan is in the ring, a referee slash I guess wrestler. Again, he's trying to cut a promo, but you can't hear it through the terrible audio and just the crowd, like, relentlessly mocking this guy. Uh, he always gets into it with Hat Guy, who, who is back again for, I, I forget how many shows in a row this is now, but he's just a regular part of CCW now. He must have gone to every ECW and CCW show. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's... there's I mean, I don't know. I don't think there was loads of indie wrestling promotions at this time, so... Yeah, I guess he uh, he seems like the energy that he goes to all of them. Like, he goes to every indie wrestling promotion, so... Yeah, like like he had a rich grandpa that left him a bunch of money, and that's just what he does. Yeah, he it. spends his money traveling America, going to awful wrestling shows. <laughs> so Dewey Donovan is just jawing with people at the side. We don't even know who they are. Uh, he dives onto them at some point, almost wipes out into the crowd, so the security has to, like, take it away. Uh, and he's, he's wrestling a guy who I only know this because a cage match named Johnny Blaze who sort of looks like a ninja gangster, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, he looks like the bad guy from like from Karate Kid, but not the main bad guy, but like one of his crew. One of the side guys. Yeah, one of the side guys. He's like, yeah, get him, John. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's got a do-rag and sort of like, it looks like almost like a vest thing, but then there's like Japanese writing all over it, so it's just tough to know. Yeah, it's just so a bizarre cool. look. It is yeah, cool. It like, is cool. You know, do-rag, CZW is sponsored by a do-rag company, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> And, like, Japanese lettering was all the rage. Like, so, he looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, and so these guys have a match, and it's sort of just basic. It is what it is. Dewey Donovan hits a Hurricane Rana on Blaze outside, then a top rope cross body to the outside, which was impressive. He sets up two chairs, uh, but his suplex is reversed, so he eats them. And then out of nowhere, Dewey just cracks Blaze in the head with a chair and gets a roll-up outside of the ring at 4 minutes and 54 seconds. And then we just fade out, and these guys are gone. <laughs> I didn't know what this was. Very odd match. Don't understand it. Um, yeah, I didn't know who these guys were, why they were fighting and stuff, so it was probably best that it was quite short, to be honest. Yeah, uh, and then speaking of quite short, we get our first ever match involving females in CCW coming out here with... Ed <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm not saying this to be offensive. I know, I know people know it's CZW, it's not me. But Zandig comes out with his bitch, as the ring announcer says, uh, to fight John Dahmer and Natasha, who we've seen him with a few times now. And so this is, I, I guess, an intergender tag team match. Well, were you excited when you saw these guys here? I mean, it's always good to see Zandig. Yeah, I love Zandig. Um, it was very... It was weird because, like, the women match kicks off and then immediately ends. They immediately <laughs> cut to outside the ring um, and it's like, come on, guys. Like, you had one... You, you were, like, doing quite well here. Like, intergender... Not even, like, AEW still doesn't do intergender and stuff. And it was like... These guys could be so progressive for 2000, and then they're just immediately like, no, we need to see Wife Peter and Zandig. Yeah, together. although it does remind me of, like, like WWE would do this, where the, the women were hired to be eye candy. And yeah. Not saying it disrespectfully, but that's what they were there for. But then they would make them wrestle, even though they weren't trained to wrestle. Yeah. And it would sort of be like, well, of course they're going to be fucking awful, because they're not wrestlers. That would be like if you made the referee do a match, like, for real. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very strange, and, and Zandig... Is disrespectful towards his bitch, of course. Uh, as it were, um, he starts giving the audience what they want, and what they want is is misogynistic. So yeah, they're asking for tits, and Sandig's like teasing, showing her tits or whatever. Yeah, um, it's an honourable man, as we discovered in a previous episode. You know, <laughs> did I say that? Like, did I say I'd show it? Okay then, yeah. if I said that. <laughs> so as this is going on, again, it's like a minute into the match. It, the match is only ninety seconds, so it's probably less than a minute into the match. Wife Beater comes out holding a full pizza tray, like one that you use to take pizzas in and out of a forno oven, and just starts like beating Zandig with this pizza tray. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Dahmer gets powder thrown into his eyes, and so instead of spinebustering Zandig's bitch, he accidentally spinebusters his own valet, Natasha, yeah. letting the bitch get the win. <laughs> uh, which is nice, I guess. I don't know. At least she gets her moment there. A big yeah, win. yeah. She got, she got a big win. Um, and then meanwhile, the last thing you see before they fade out here, Zandig lifts Gorilla Press's uh, wife beater onto a car door hood. It's just outside of the ring for some reason with no explanation. I mean, we've, we've had run-ins with car doors before, so I guess that's just the thing in CZW that they've got a load of car doors lying about. I mean, it's still super impressive to see big oily men lift each other up because like slam each other on metal yeah exactly because like <laughs> zandig is obviously a unit and so is wife beer but when you see him lifting you're like whoa that is wild that is huge yeah uh, so then we fade in fade out and i hate these fades because it's just like at least the cut felt like finality like it felt like okay we're done with the zandig portion now we're on to this portion but when it fades in and out you're sort of like well, is zandig still there like are they still around the ring or is this just Ten minutes later, like a brand new segment. Yeah, it's weird because sometimes as well they'll fade out on like Zandig and then they'll fade back in on Zandig. And you're like, why did you even? Why did you even do that? <laughs> yeah, except he's like not wearing a shirt when they fade back in or something. Yeah, like, would... like clearly something's happened in the fade, but you just don't know. He's like, what's going on? Yeah. So in the ring we got the Thrill Kill Cult, and they're in the corner, like sort of looking brooding. Like one of them's sitting on the top turnbuckle, and the other's like in his sort of lap. It's weird. Uh, and they're cutting a promo on some other team in the ring, and they're the two, like, bald construction-looking guys. Uh, I find out they're called The Hit Squad. And I've actually heard of this guy, Mafia and Monster Mac. Uh, apparently they're really good, but they're the classic, like, unassuming, they look so out of shape, but then they do athletic things, and you're like, okay. oh, that's cool, you know. Uh, and then we get the fade out, fade back in, and the Cashmarino bros are out here, uh, fresh off their title win from the last show. So I think they're embracing their... 
uh, gayness, I guess, now. <laughs> like, they come out to Mamba number 5 wearing the, the flamboyant attires, and if you remember, their dad sort of gave them their blessing last month. So yeah, I'm, I'm mean, almost like, maybe this is a new leaf. Potentially, yeah. I mean, as we've dis- as we've discussed, Mambo Number Five, not a particularly gay song. It's <laughs> Umbrellas, not yeah, but not, not particularly gay, you know. So it's it's maybe they are either moving away from it or like, yeah, trying to embrace it in a way. But it, yeah, it's very odd. I, I don't know most of these teams. I mean, again, that's the problem with announcers and stuff. Without announcers, you're just like, who who are these bald men? Well, I say they- that a lot during CW. Who is this new bald man? <laughs> <laughs> when again, due to the fades, it's like. So, the Cashmerinos are only out here to say, hey, we're only obligated to defend these every 30 days, so we're not even going to wrestle tonight. And then they leave. And then the match begins, and you realize the Haas brothers have are, have just entered the ring at some point during all this. Yeah, very So, young. this Haas. is a three-way CCW tag title match, I think, or I don't know if it's for the titles, or number one contender. But these teams start wrestling, and, and it's just like, well, here we go, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to refer to like the squad members as squad one and two because I don't know the difference between them. They look identical and they're dressed like the Dudley boys. Uh, yeah, the, the Dudley the Dudley cousins, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, but the match it's it's pretty good off the top. Like I I really like the Haas Bros. They're actually good technical wrestlers. And like I said, the the Hit Squad was actually sort of oh doing more than you would have expected when you look at them. Uh, so they're they're having like this fast paced match, but it just keeps devolving into brawling. It's sort of the classic thing when whenever we have the six tag match or or too many people in the ring, they can't keep a semblance of it, and everyone wants to get their shit in, so it just sort of turns into a clusterfuck, you know. Yeah, and I think the thing with CCW is too many people in the ring is often two people in the ring. So when you <laughs> when you make it four or six, it just is like, oh, okay, no one, there's no idea about rhythm or choreography or what's going on. Add to that a camera that. Appears to be like is is very zoomed in the entire time. Like it's it's mm-hmm. the camera works are so bad in this one. Like it really is. Um, yeah, when we say so bad, we mean uh, compared to the already very low standard. Like yeah, it's it's super weird. Like I don't understand um, what's going on with the camera work. To be honest, it's you can barely see a lot of what's going on during the match, or you know when they go outside, they can never keep up. So it's a bit of a shame I'd say because yeah the Hoss Bros and the Dudley Cousins are, are pretty solid wrestlers it seems yeah definitely and the Thrill Kill Cult I don't like still but they I like them more than they did like on the second third show like you can almost see them improving just based on the fact that they've been wrestling for like six months now or whatever yeah <laughs> I mean I always respect goths so <laughs> you know they, they bring that goth grubby energy I respect that so eventually they all go to the outside and then the Haas Bros just start diving and it's one of these things where they're too big for like the small space they've got so like he's diving into the crowd like and they, they aren't out of the way like Hat Guy ends up with Charlie Haas on his lap and then they start wrestling up to the bleachers and this is like high school bleachers just wood steps essentially yeah. and at one point Charlie's trying to climb up to chase a guy and you see just he loses his footing and falls like backwards just landing on the bleachers like brutally and it wasn't even a planned spot but it just looked like a guy falling down the stairs yeah no one chance you fucked up for that like (laughs) that was sick they were like oh my god yeah Yeah. that (laughs) ruled maybe he meant to do that yeah (laughs) Uh, meanwhile the kill cult are setting up a table in the ring uh the squad set uh the another table up outside as midnight calls for an elbow but misses it completely like it's like the guy's laying on the table and he just doesn't reach the table it was just like a, a ridiculous botch and it makes me wonder, like, do you think because the crowd's so hostile, these guys are, like, thrown off their game? Like, because there were, there were lots of botches in this, and I wonder if it's just because, like, 
fans are like yelling shit at them constantly and not getting into the match at all. I, I don't know. I, I think they're like when it comes to wrestling, there's like a lot of trust between people. Like every move, it, two people are doing every move. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, if if you need to be able to judge like if you're on a table or whatever that the guy's going to hit you so maybe you shift over a bit and things like that but none of these wrestlers know how to do that like <laughs> yeah. even the best ones um in this like the hospitals or whatever like they're still operating on like it if any move lands it's luck <laughs> like like there's there's a bit of skill but overall like they're not working together to get things done so yeah. i i think they're just not great wrestlers just yet and that's why there's like a lot of botches i don't know i i think I think they'd be used to people shouting obscenities at them at this point. That's probably true, yeah. It's just a normal day in a bar for a lot of these guys, I guess. Yeah, 100%. There's a lot of uh, bin-based offense, and I don't mean like a garbage can, like one of those flimsy aluminum cans that just crumples, but like a legit blue bin that you'd put your recycling out like in front of. And at one point, Charlie Haas puts one of the squad members inside it and climbs up to the bleachers and drops an elbow on it. Which, again, if it was one of those garbage cans, it would look cool because you crush the garbage can. Yeah. But the bin doesn't fold at all, so it just looks like it like really would have hurt to drop an elbow on it. Yeah, he protects him. He's doing him a favor. <laughs> He's like, you're my friend. I want to put you in here to keep you safe because this bin is giving me shade and I need to destroy it. Mm. He's also dressed like the bin. <laughs> yeah, they're the same color. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're both wearing blue. Uh, at one point, they wrestled by the, the food stand, and I just noticed the menu that they have on a piece of cardboard says pizza soda or pretzels and i'm like at least these people are being fed well you that's know? a great generic video game like you know like yeah. in, a, in a wrestling in a wrestling game where it's like yeah we're, we're the the pizza shop <laughs> yeah please don't break our table yeah, and they break yeah. It no, like, table. no table no <laughs> table so then uh in the ring they get when squad one hits russ with a chair midnight comes in and brain busters him for a clean pin elimination at 13 minutes so we're down to the Thrill Kill Cult and the Haas Bros. And uh, that's where the match sort of picks up a bit. Uh, we continue and it sort of settles into standard... Uh, or, or sorry, no, the match like settles into this weird standard tag, which is sort of weird after this craziness we've just seen of people going through tables and falling off bleachers and shit. Uh, but the Haas Bros just doing impressive like suplexes, technical wrestling stuff. It really felt like an amateur like Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin type where it's just... The guys are way bigger, and they're just throwing them around at will, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's ultimately, like, that's what the match should have been. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why you had the Thrill Kill cult in it. Because uh, mm-hmm. it just gets to this point where, like, clearly these, these two teams are better than the Thrill Kill cult. So it could have been a good, <laughs> tight wrestling match with just those two. So just have it as a three-way was very, very odd, yeah. Because the, the pacing of it is very strange, because it's very exciting out of the ring, and then it's, like... Oh, I guess we're just back to in the ring. Like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, now it's a match again. Yeah. Uh, so then the Cashmarinos just show up randomly, like right near the end of this match. Seconds after they show up, the Haas Bros get a double team pin on Midnight, eliminating the Thrill Kill called at 1746. And then they go to play the Haas Bros music, but they pull the Cashmarino brothers like in from the outside and start wrestling them. And then Russ does this... Uh, it's like this convoluted roll-up pin where he's exposing one of the Casarino bros' taint to the other <laughs> guy. And it is a pinfall, but he has to tell the referee, don't count the pin until Charlie hits his move. And Charlie hits a top rope elbow drop to the guy's balls and taint. And then the referee counts three. And they beat the Casarino brothers here and win the tag team titles at 18 minutes and 48 seconds. Uh, I, I, that's not how it works. I don't think that's how it should... <laughs> like, I don't think that's... 
Even bit. within the realm of wrestling, that seems like a very bizarre... That you can just pull someone into the ring and then pin them. Well, they come out at the beginning and say, we're not in this match. Yeah. And then, for some reason, just show up right near the end and then get dragged inside and lose the match. It's very straight, like, very odd. An odd vibe. I don't understand Even for it. CZW, this booking is, like, just out there. Like, who thought of this? Yeah, very strange. It doesn't make sense at all. Uh, and then after we fade to see the Haas bros in the ring cutting a promo and they thank the CZW fans. What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Uh, and then we get an actual cut, so I'm like, okay. Uh, and instead of cutting, it's it's weird because they they've been doing backstage promos of late, and so but whenever they do it, it's clearly recorded like after the event. Like there's people cleaning up the 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 gym, and the wrestlers are all sweaty in their attire, and it goes to all four teams, and they all cut their own like shitty thirty second promo. None of them are really that memorable. Yeah, it's very strange as well because some of them are in the dark, so it looks like they're filming from like a cave in Iraq. Like it's very like like <laughs> yeah. support our troops sort of vibe. It's very strange, or like they're doing Bear Grylls nature documentary or something like that. It's. They're, and no one is particularly like no one's good at doing promos. No, so they're all and the like, audio is terrible. Yeah, very odd segments. <laughs> yeah, but it's about like two minutes of promos. Then we cut again, and we come back to the CZW Junior Heavyweight Title Match between Mercury and Rick Blade, a feud that's been like pretty good uh, so far from what we've seen. They had like a really great match uh, about a month ago, and then knowing that this was going to be a ladder match, I was excited for this one. Yeah, I mean we we're we're a Rick Blade stan podcast so you know you know our th- thoughts on that like big fans um no that ends the streak of bark did it bark because obviously it just doesn't show his intro oh so yeah no there's no kid rock in this episode uh for intro wise uh it's very no, you're right it, it, we don't even know how long the match has been going we joined the match in progress yeah it's very very strange <laughs> i mean they, they are two of the better wrestlers in czw for sure mm-hmm. um and ladders are sick so this should be I, I was excited to watch this one well and to be clear it's not a not, no titles hanging from the top it is just a ladder like a match involving ladders yeah no staple guns either no staple guns hanging up above or anything so it's basically a TLC match by the end because they use tables, ladders, and chairs and it's a pinfall finish. So they, they once again, CCW innovating the game. Yeah, probably the greatest TLC of all time. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stake my reputation on that. <laughs> and so the audience is just relentlessly harassing Shorty. Like, just sh- the same chance you would expect any woman to receive, but it's just like these guys are killing themselves doing moonsaults to the outside and shit and the fans are just so taken by Shorty. You're like, yeah. Christ, like, these wrestlers deserved a better audience at this point, you know what I mean? Yeah, these two definitely. Like, yeah, one of them looks like Kane from Command and Conquer, so <laughs> they should have respected that at least. Yeah. Uh, Blade misses his guillotine leg drop, which I actually like, and then Mercury lays a ladder on top of him, and then I, I always think these spots are crazy when they lay the ladder on top of the guy, and then they'll, like, splash the ladder, or, like, he does a senton on the ladder. Yeah. I'm like, that would kill you way more than the other guy, I think. I think that the thing, yeah, a lot of ladder moves, I am like, that would hurt you so much more. Like, I don't <laughs> understand why you're doing this. Like, climb up the ladder and jump off it. Don't be like. Because if like sometimes you'll see them like run into the person with a ladder, and I'm like that would hurt both of you. Yeah, for guaranteed. Sure. Or seconds later, there's a ladder in the corner, and Rick Blade decides they had a Russian leg sweep 
throwing both of the back of their heads like into the ladder at the same time. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> looked brutal. Um, outside, uh, Blade hits a super high angle SI moonsault, and then he sets up and climbs the ladder, but it's one of these, I hate these spots where there was no reason for him to climb the ladder other than for Mercury to counter him and do like a crazy high spot off of it. Yeah. But it's not like he's planning a dive or trying to grab a title or anything. He was just aimlessly climbing a ladder. That's it. I mean, the name of the uh, name of the episode, I guess they knew that was what... Climbing that, the ladder. Yeah, that's, that's what it was referencing. Yeah. Uh, it was like, yeah, he's doing the thing from the title. Um, <laughs> but Mercury does hit a really impressive like reverse DDT off of a ladder. Uh, and then they set it up again. Mercury does a high, high suplex off of a ladder onto Blade. It's like higher than the top rope. Then he sets the ladder up in... Your blade's in the corner and he sets the ladder up into his crotch and drop kicks the ladder into his dick. A classic spot. Yeah, that's that would only hurt the other wrestler. Like, yeah. There's no there's no pain felt by Mercury there. That's all on Rick Blade's Yeah, balls. we approve of that spot. Yeah, yeah, sure. that's... Yeah, he's, his balls will be in agony. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then Blade comes back. It's an impressive springboard pop-over leg drop over the ladder, sort of like Jeff Hardy style. That looked really impressive. Then he sets a ladder up on two chairs, climbs up to the highest point of the ladder, and then hits an insane swanton bomb onto Mercury. Sorry, the, the two chairs were laying on top of Mercury when he swantoned him. He follows it up by going to the top again, hitting his crane kick leg drop off the pole. And Mercury kicks out in an yeah. insane kick out. And by this point, I'm like, oh man, we actually have a good match on our hands. <laughs> yeah, these two guys are legitimately really good. Like, they are good wrestlers. And they have sure. good chemistry together, yeah. too. That's the other big thing. And they're both, like, very committed to doing the move. Like, it's good to see commitment when it's, like, violence or whatever and, like, bloody and, like, oh yeah, that's gross and awesome. But this is, like, commitment to, like, we will jump off ladders together, we will do insane you know spots and things like that and that makes for a super thrilling match i'd say yeah totally agreed so mercury retrieves a table from outside he sets blade up and does it and then just does a simple moonsault off the middle rung of a ladder it would almost look like unimpressive after all these crazy spots we just seen blade kicks out here then they set up another table both climb the ladder together again climbing the climbing ladder. the ladder yeah and then <laughs> blade hits a jackhammer off the top of the ladder, through a table, for the clean win at 17 minutes and 3 seconds. Uh, really good match, I thought. Yeah, re really solid match. And I'm glad, like, thankfully, apart from there being no intros, um, for the most part, the match was, like, completely intact as well. There was no mm -hmm. fade-ins, no fade-outs, no Zandig appears, then disappears. Uh, totally. Just... Well, and I, what I like about these is, like, they, they have the matches slotted, so, like, the ladder match is going to be the high spot match where you see lots of ladder bumps, but they don't have to do blood and guts, and they don't have to do, like, uh, you know, brawling all over the arena and shit yeah. like that. They just had it focused with, hey, you got, like, three ladders, have at it, and and, and they delivered. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was definitely the best match. Mm -hmm. So we get our fade out uh, after the the match ends, and we fade back, back in as Blade is celebrating. Uh, with the belt. He climbs the ladder just to hold his belt up to the crowd when Low Key arrives out of nowhere and Springboard kicks Rick Blade off of the ladder uh, and then he and Mercury do a double team before Low Key brings Rick Blade uh, up to the top rope hitting a top rope key crusher on him. This was such a great surprise because I, I was sure we just weren't going to see Loki again. Yeah, I mean, they must have found some money somewhere in the budget to bring Loki back. <laughs> but I guess if, if Sandig's got his number, then definitely use it. But yeah, like Loki's... Uh... He's a, he's a legit great wrestler as well, so yeah, it was good to see him back. And that's a match I want to see, is Blade Loki again. That would be great, yeah. Well, I mean, Blade and and uh, 
yeah, Loki would be a really good match, and I think Loki looks a bit like Mercury. Like they're both bald. I mean, there's so many yeah. bald men in <laughs> in CZW. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah, so TCK actually rushes out and makes the save here. Uh, he chases uh, Mercury and Loki away, and then him and Blade hug. So I guess like the CZW originals, two of the pillars. So, yeah, that's see another thing that AEW Tony Khan. You've got so much to answer for <laughs> in terms of stealing from CZW because yeah, these these are the two pillars, <laughs> two of them. CZW. So then we fade out, fade back in, and we've got Justice Payne in the ring with Justin Case, uh, his biker friend. Uh, and of course he's cutting a promo about himself saying tonight's a dream partner match and whoever I pick has to agree it's just classic <laughs> like ever since he made that the stipulation getting rid of smooth he's just the guy who gets to call the shots it's like it's his house so he makes the rules just bullshit like I'm just gonna pick a guy and they have to team with me yeah it's very very strange um, and like because the audio is not very good like his promo and he likes to basically blow up the mic like it's horrible <laughs> listening to him do promos for sure yeah he's a bad promo yeah but then he introduces his partner wife beater as Matt comes out to cut his own just terrible awful promo that he can't understand he's holding a sign that just says smack shack on it and he's full of energy. I love him. I mean, you got to like him at this I, point. I love it. He's got, you know, he's recovered from his broken back. Uh, he's come back <laughs> stronger than ever. Um, he does look like a, the forgotten Paul brother. Like, he looks like <laughs> Logan Paul and Jake Paul, I think. Like, he just went completely off the rails. Like, maybe yeah. discovered a dead body in a different country <laughs> and was like, couldn't turn it into uh, YouTube fame. So yeah. just went off the rails. Yeah, and, it, and then he just it all fell apart. Yeah, I mean. definitely. <laughs> so then we fade out, uh, and then Nick Gage is here, and he's saying, well, hey, I, I would only partner with someone who's as sick and twisted as I am. So out comes TCK, and he introduces him that way. So we get Nick Gage and TCK versus Justice Pan and Wife Beater, which on paper sounds like a pretty fire match, actually. Yeah, I mean, TCK's had a... He's, he's done well this uh, episode. I mean, I always... Whenever you say TCK, because it's Thrill Kill Cool, I'm always like... I mix it up, that, too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, do you mean the, the, like the tag team came out? But no, TCK comes out... Um, He's been quite in this episode quite a bit. I guess it was his week. Zandig picked him out the hat to be featured a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, we, we have a, a, a solid match lineup. Yeah, it's always great when a guy comes out for one angle and then is immediately brought out the next in a totally unrelated angle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's it's like, great. Okay, so we get. I noticed here, by the way, Wife Feeder's back is just all fucked up and scarred already. I'm like, it's only the year 2000 and he's got like life lasting. Yeah, his wounds. His back is gnarly. Like it's gross from from the other the other week. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, it's they're not healed yet either, so it's almost just like scabs on them and shit. Yeah, they ain't healing. <laughs> they <laughs> won't be healing. <laughs> so both uh, we we join the match in progress again. We see everyone brought out and then it fades into like two minutes into the match. Like it doesn't make sense at all. Uh, so they're both pa the teams pair off as Justice Payne and Nick Gage sort of go to one side. TCK and White Feeder on the other side. As we've said earlier, there's only one camera, so he has to like swap back and forth. It's just uh, yeah, and it's hard. And it it looks very it looks zoomed in. It looks like it's not using the full thing. I don't I don't know the camera tech that they were operating with, but I'm like at this point because CZW has been going must have been going a couple of years at least like. I don't know, maybe this was the best camera and I'm just being a, a jerk <laughs> and and they were doing the best they can, but... They... Well, we've joked about the table money and stuff, but I'm like, how can you afford to break, like, ten tables in a, in a show <laughs> yeah. and not afford just one camera after, like, two years? The table-to-camera ratio is way off in CZW. 
That's for sure. Uh, so they all wrestle to the top of the bleachers and stuff, which I love, by the way. I'm sure when these wrestlers showed up to the show, they're like, man, we can all use these bleachers tonight. Yes, yeah, someone's going to die on those bleachers tonight. Yeah, and they all go to the top. Uh, Gage just gets thrown down them like a stuntman. Like, he just literally like a guy falling down the stairs. Uh, and then Justice Payne shows up, and he does this pretty awesome tornado DDT where he runs up two steps of the bleachers and spins around and DDT's Gage on the floor. Yeah, I think it's. I think Justice Payne is a good example of showing like why a good wrestler can be ruined by like not knowing how to do promos and stuff. Because like it's he's a good wrestler. Like he's a solid wrestler. He has grown in skill throughout CZW, but because he's so bad at promos, it, I just don't like seeing him turn up. Well, and it's also the thing where you, he's the. He's the company man's best friend, you know? Yeah. It's sort of like, or sorry, Zandig's best friend. It's like uh, Jeff Jarrett in 2000's WCW was just good friends with Russo. So he was just forced down everyone's throat. Where I'm like, this guy would be a total serviceable mid-carder, but you're trying to tell him he's like the greatest main eventer of all time. Yeah. And he can't, he isn't. <laughs> he yeah. just clearly isn't. Justice Payne's very similar. You can't put the company on this guy's back. Is Russo going to come after us now? Because we said Jarrett's not that good. I, oh, I hope. <laughs> yeah, everyone, message Russo saying these guys are slagging off Jarrett. No, don't do that. Don't no, do, that. do it, do it. Okay. I'd love to get in a public feud with Vince Russo. That I, would, I hate I, that guy. That would be so sick. <laughs> so, uh, back, back door, sorry, at the bottom of the ring. We, they, we get the action back in the ring. And Justice Payne has Gage's head in between a seated chair, and he's doing, like, multiple leg drops on him. We've said this before, but I think because these guys are brothers, they're so much less safe with each other than I yeah, think they, they would be. They just don't have the common courtesy for one another's, like, health and well-being. No, they don't They don't care. And, uh, yeah, because they probably have done, like, the level you'd expect from wrestling match, they probably do at home or whatever in backyard or, or whatever. Not saying they're backyard wrestlers, but they've probably done that to each other anyway. So now they're like, well, now we're in a wrestling ring. We need to go to the next level even. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just going to put your head in a chair and beat you up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then TCK grabs a table in the ring. He sets wife beater laying on top of it, goes to the top rope, but then Matt crotches him on the top rope and wife beater recovers. Meanwhile, outside the ring, they just turn just to see Gage flatly powerbomb Justice Payne on two chairs outside, which I'm like, I'm glad we didn't see. Uh, outside, Mac is holding TCK up on the ring, but Wife Beater hits Mac accidentally with the Smack Shack sign. That's a, <laughs> ma that's a mouthful. And as it's going on, Nick Gage just gets in the ring and fall away slams Justice Payne through the table that was set up earlier. The biker breaks up this pinfall as Wife Beater, TCK get in the ring. Wife Beater just hits a simple sit-out powerbomb for a flash pin on TCK at 7 minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, I thought de decent match for what it was, you know? Yeah, I thought it was pretty, pretty decent, pretty fun to watch. A um, lot of brutal moves, and I like seeing people fall down bleachers. It looks like it hurts, but it also looks very funny. It's, mm -hmm. like, it's like a Mr. Bean thing when they're falling down bleachers, but... Well, and it's also, booking-wise, I think Wife Beater should have been the one to go over, because he's your sort of title, perennial title contender. Yeah, and he's wrestling in jeans. He deserves some respect, <laughs> as ever, as, you know, the CZW should, should show him some goddamn respect. Well, and also, you don't want to beat Gage or Justice Payne, so it's sort of, TCK was the guy to lose here. I thought that was at least done well for once, booking-wise. Uh, so we get our immediate fadeaway to ba a backstage promo from Nick Gage, and for some reason his beard is braided, I've noticed. He's <laughs> yeah. got, like, the shittiest beard, and he's also braided it. Like, if Mr. Tumnus was a, uh, <laughs> a combat zone wrestler, he'd look like Nick Gage at this moment. It's very it's very strange, very tribal. I don't understand it. It's no good, is no. what I would say. And then that brings us to our main event. Uh, do you remember Cronus, Ben? 
I remember Cronus, yeah. I mean, I recently watched a, an episode of Dark Side of the Ring where he was mentioned. So, yeah, I remember Cronus. He's a, he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who was called in last minute for a barbed wire cactus match and took no barbed wire or cactus bumps. I mean... Just fucked up two guys. I would also make that a stipulation if at l- the last minute I was brought into one of those matches, I'd be like, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm not taking any of those. Yeah, yeah, I'll do some suplexes on some guys. Uh, and it is that thing. We've talked about it, but it's it's a pro wrestler in an indie promotion. You're like, oh, wow, this guy looks like the real deal compared to everyone we've seen so far. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, and he's fighting Lobo, who just looks so small by comparison. Uh, and we joined in progress once again. Uh, I have written here, a match as random as any. Like, you would think Cronus versus Lobo. I'm like, who's putting this together? It's so random. Um, so Lobo is already selling like he's dead. Like... I don't know how long they've been wrestling, but he's just, every move, he's just, like, flatlined out of it. The crowd is just fully silent. I think they've just drank themselves out, and they're just tired now. Uh, They're not even being mean. They're just not even really paying attention. And then we get some sort of uninspired brawling into the crowd uh, until they get to the top of the bleachers, where I'm like, okay, maybe we'll see some bumps here. And just like it's nothing, like the same way you'd throw a bag of garbage outside into the bin, Fucking Cronus just beals Lobo on top of these bleachers. He must have fallen like five steps down and just lands on his back. It's like yeah. the most brutal spot on this card, easily in my opinion. Yeah, Lobo, I mean, that th- must be why they put Lobo together with people like this. Because, like, <laughs> yeah, he just he just takes it brutally and just keeps going. He's like the Terminator. It's insane. It's fucked, man. It's, it's one of these, like... We always talk, the injuries always come from dumb little things that, like, you know, routine moves. Yeah. I'm like, how is this guy's back not broken? It just, he takes so much shit. It's yeah, crazy. It's, yeah, it is crazy. Um, but I think that's why they put him Kronos, because Kronos is jacked as well. Like like you said, he looks like a proper wrestler <laughs> and stuff like that. And I guess they're just like, well, someone's going to be able to take a beating, so yeah. it's going to be Lobo who does it. It has, it has all the energy of, like, Mike Awesome versus Spike Dudley. Where I'm like, this guy's just getting fucked up. Yeah. And, and that's that's what he's there for. That's, he's that's he's a crash he, test dummy. Yeah, he's but he's like from Austin Powers one Will Ferrell where he just survives regardless <laughs> of what's done to him. He just yeah, just keeps on going. Yeah, finally back in the ring, Lobo starts getting some offense. He's bleeding, but I'm not sure how. Like maybe he just got thrown on his head when we didn't realize it. Um, he, he does a uh, he's stomping a mud hole in Cronus, does his Bronco Buster. And Cronus almost looked pissed off at the indignity of having to take a Bronco Buster. So he bursts out of the corner with a chair shot to Lobo's head. And it just looked brutal. And then Lobo just no-sells it. And he picks up a chair and hits Cronus with two of his own chair shots. Followed by a top rope leg drop. And I'm sort of like, man, put Lobo over this guy. This will be great. Like, yeah. he is your big star, you know? And then out of nowhere, Wife Beater reappears. He attacks Lobo with some sort of, like tiny cooler thing it just looks solid as fuck and yeah. he just smokes him in the head with it and then the ref just calls for the dq lobo win at five minutes and 59 seconds if you're gonna win just let him pin the guy you know yeah it's very strange just get your value out of cronus unless maybe cronus is one of these guys who's like i don't lose on indie shows yeah i think that would probably explain it i guess like even with like within like the the way wrestling works like yeah it needs to be a dq or it needs to be like 15 dudes have mm-hmm. to bring down Cronus. so i can see why they do it it's just a bit of shame that like i don't know if that should be a main event i think that should be in the middle or something like i understand Cronus being there's a big deal but like if you're not going to put lobo over properly with a pin then maybe just have it as a match throughout yeah. instead of having it be the big the big final thing that ends on a dq yeah totally and, and it's just and it, it we say a big deal but like it's not really a big deal. Like, Cronus yeah. is, like, 
I, I want to say, like, if this was fucking Terry Funk or someone like that, obviously, or even, like, Raven or the Sandman, it's not like Cronus is his ECW legend. He's just a guy we happen to know from ECW. Yeah. Uh, and he's putting over because he just is a name. But it's just not good for the company, and I'm sure he costs more than everyone else on the roster. So, I don't oh, know. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't like this, really. Uh, at that point, all of the security is called into the ring, and we get this immediate just cut to the back as Mac and Wife Feeder are cutting promos on Lobo. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, it, sorry, as this is going on, Wife Feeder is getting stitches as he yells in the camera, I'm a, I'm a bad motherfucker, I can get stitches without Novocaine. Yeah. And they're literally stitching up his back? For, I don't even know what happened to his yeah, back. Yeah, I don't know. Like this, Maybe they were stitching it from when they should have done it two weeks ago, and they're like, oh, okay, we finally got an appointment for you. Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Insane. And then we get Lobo in the back, and, and it's so sad. He looks like the most emo boy, just sitting in like some stairwell, and he's saying, no one respects him. Uh, Axel Rotten came into my company, beat me up, and then disappeared. <laughs> yeah, and, this... now, and now Wife Beater is challenging me, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you really do get fucked with a lot. Yeah, this is the this is what the school shooter releases after he's... This is what they find <laughs> on his computer. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, where were the signs? <laughs> yeah, what? like, he, he was such a nice boy. Like, what was he doing? <laughs> so then we cut to John Dahmer, because... This is this is what this show needed at this point, like an hour and fifty minutes in. Yeah. The fucking John Dahmer promo, and he's like, four years I've been in this business, which is nothing. That's like, <laughs> yeah. It's just like what four years? There's nothing in wrestling. Yeah. And then he brags about how he's retired, guys. You remember Mr. Meaner? I broke his neck. Big Slam, that guy needs surgery because of me. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're just a dangerous wrestler? Like, yeah. what kind of brag is this? That's a, that's a self-report. Yeah, that's a real self-report of being like, I'm not good at wrestling. I literally broke this guy's... Like, it's not supposed to happen in wrestling, bro. <laughs> like, you know, injuries are real, but wrestling is fake ultimately. You shouldn't be breaking necks. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. He says he also wants respect. <laughs> and I'm not willing to give it to him. No, for, definitely uh, not. Well, and then that was the show. We fade to black, uh, and this one is in the books, Climbing the Ladder. What, what did you give this thing out of seven, Ben? Uh, I mean, I'd say in quality terms, it's definitely not climbing anything. Like, I'd say <laughs> I'd say it's like a point, point 0.75, and that's entirely for the Rick Blade and, and Mercury match, to be honest. That's like exactly what I have written here, point 0.75 out of 70. Yeah, it's, it's so bad, like, and... To get below a one, I think at this point it is to do with the production and things like mm -hmm. that. Like the wrestling, I think CW's reached a point now where the wrestling normally gets it at a one, but when it's when the production messes it up, that's when it drops below for sure. Like it's the fading in, the fading out, the bad audio, the bad camera work. It's just sucks. And, and even the crowd, the crowd really did take away from it from a certain point because like I, I can get into offensive chants and stuff. Like it is funny sometimes, but I'm like. When it doesn't even feel like they're watching it, they're just there to be assholes to the yeah. wrestlers. And then the wrestlers are trying to like kill themselves. It sort of does make you feel bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, the fade-in, fade-out was the killer for me. I mean, this whole thing felt like uncohesive, just disjointed. I didn't know what happened when. I feel like they moved segments around, too. Yeah, very strange. It's just overthought. So, yeah, this was a piece of shit show. Yeah, 100%. 0.75 out of 7. Yeah, not great, not good. <laughs> it was filmed like a bloody... Um, Memento. I was like, are we watching this backwards? Like, what's going on? When, when am I supposed to do this? Don't yeah. trust this man with a picture of Zandig. If Memento was a high school film project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. But anyway, uh, we've been the comics in the combat zone. Thank you for sticking around through our hiatus. We promise to never take one again. Yeah, we will be here 
forever. Yeah, forever. Forever. <laughs> and uh, I've been Jordan Charm at Funny Jordan D on Instagram. Please give it us a follow. Uh, I'm Ben Stead. I'm at Pink Hoverboard on Instagram. And we'll see you again next week. Bye bye.